Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is the Gary V Audio Experience. Okay, so for me, yeah. uh, very interested of the concept of Deja, of seeing things, uh, seeing things that are familiar, but looking at it in a different lens. And I'm trying to which is a yeah, challenge, right? It's such a the challenge because the brain says that's a avocado. Right, exactly. Yeah. Not, not, not I need to put that on my face instead of you know through my face, right? Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. And through that is like education of understanding what the avocado does. But for me, I have a small team now. Um, there's four of us. And I'm always getting, I want to challenge them to think things in a different lens. So I was interested in learning how you get your team to see things in a different lens. I think that's a great question. So a couple things. Number one, I'm a much bigger buyer of hiring people that bring that in the first place mm-hmm. and making them watch what I do versus what I say um, because I historically believe that that works. But it's interesting, like Maribel can tell you, like we had a pretty successful, I think, offsite with the entire creative leadership team in this company, 70 people deep, mm-hmm. um, because the company is very far away from what I am in a lot of its manifestation. Now, there's a lot of variables. There's the clients, things of that nature. But in the pillar of three, which is do they come with the DNA? Can you tell them to think differently? Or can you act differently and they pick it up through osmosis? Right? Hey, my man. How are you doing? Gary. How's it? Dave. Dave. Oh, right there, Dave. Um, Maribel will tell you. Maribel, how long have you been on my team now? Right. So. You know, it's not like we're spending that much time together. You know, like I think that, you know, I, in a weird way I think she can answer it better. I think I like letting them watch and pick up and then I watch them and you know, and then say okay, hey, you've picked up that. Have you thought about this or this and that? So I never think it's too early to assess a team even at four people. And it's real emotional at four. Mm-hmm. Some of them day from day one, you know, like all that stuff. And like sometimes you're serendipitously lucky and you find your partner in crime and you roll. It's a really interesting. You guys were talking. I just had a guy by the name of Eric Kastner in my office. Eric Kastner was my first developer at Wine Library. Literally, literally, wow. we sat this, <laughs> I mean, this close together. And it was, it was so emotional, like for me, even like seven years, day in, day out, like this. I didn't travel back then. And then I haven't talked to him for six or seven years and I reached out to him the other day, random, and said, hey, I want you to come and be my personal developer for my chatbot, for my Alexa skills, for all the stuff that I want to go on the tech offense because I got everything on the content down but I don't have that tech partner right now. And you know, we finish each other's sentences, right? Um, when it's early, it's emotional. But I would tell you the hardest thing about running an organization is doing the things that are unpopular mm-hmm. that you know are right. And I think that's probably the thing you've learned the most, right? Mm-hmm. How many things seem right on paper but they're just layered, yeah. right? Like, it's hard. But I would tell you, for me, I see three things that get it done. Picking people that know how to get it done from the get. You know, them watching how much you actually mean it and then you doing things in the way that you manage them or the things that you do. Mm-hmm. And then number three, you tell them, I'm not a big fan of number three. I'm a big believer in DNA. I'm a big believer in uh, not pandering to what's convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so, you know, 
if you take anything from that, it's gonna make you inevitably audit the four of them and you know, all of a sudden, one and a half of them are vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. And, and then the other thing is, if you take the opposite approach, mm-hmm. I'd go on a hardcore blitz on really, like, I would take a step back, slow down your role, and spend 30 days just pounding it into them and then watching the next 30 days because in 60 days, if you gave your all to being like, listen, Charles, this is what I want, this is what I want. If you do that, if you put all your time into that for 30 days and then watch them for 30 days, at 60 or 90 days, you're gonna have a real read. I'm like, look, I did everything I could, but like, Thomas is just not, he's just playing it a different way or this is how, what he believes in or. Because I think what a lot of people do is they have ideological points of view on things. And that's just not reality. Jesse, this is Gary Vee and you're in the Ask Gary Vee Show with the K-Swiss crew. What up, Jesse? <laughs> What's up? What's How up? you doing, Jess? I'm doing great, how are you guys? Good, Good. What, what's your question? Um, my question was I wanted, I created a podcast. Um, well, sort of two parts. Number one, I used to resell sneakers on eBay starting when I was like nine years old. Love um, it. So I wanted your guys' advice on how like teenagers and kids who are interested in entrepreneurship and Business and um, shoes could sort of get into that market. What you'd recommend a lot of teens to do? Well, so are, so I mean, you, the 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 way you get in is figure out ways to get access to the best shit and then fucking flip it. It's like yeah. there's nothing you need to do other than have money and either wake up early as shit, make relationships, or find information that other people don't have to get the thing right. And it's a multi-billion-dollar industry, by the way, at this point. So there's there's room. How old are you now, Jess? I'm 16 and now I run a podcast. I actually uh, have a meeting with you in a couple weeks. I cold emailed into a meeting. So that's amazing. And number two, since you were selling seven years ago, you know the problem with the sneak. So the great thing with the sneaker game now is the market's bigger than ever, but there's also more people in it than ever that are trying to get access to these things. You know, look, I think you gotta make bets. Uh, You know, for example, AJ bought pairs of Balls sneaker on the bet of like, it'll be worth something maybe one day, seven years from now. I think flipping in the short term, look, I actually think the thing that we're up to in the fall, like one of the funniest things, I'm like, oh, I need to save a bunch because if I end up being what I think I'm gonna end up being, this is like, like this will be worth money in 13 years. So I think you've gotta make long-term bets is one thing that I recommend kids that are in the sneaker game. And number two, it's all about relationships. Yeah. All about relationships. It's getting access to access. the hot products because you know there's never enough, so someone always wants it. And I mean, I think if anything showed it was this recent Supreme Louis Vuitton drop. Um, t-shirts are now reselling on eBay at four, four to six thousand dollars. So um, you know, there, there's demand, yeah, there's multiple. Listen, of one money thing I'll made. give you credit for is the thing that we're up to in November. Uh-uh. You've been trying to make the number lower even though I know we can sell more. Yeah. And so there's just interest, you know, just interesting. Exactly, better to sell out and have a little bit sure. of pent up demand, it's not, never a bad thing. And uh, Jess, yeah. I highly recommend you send me your shoe size and Saddle River address and email to that email I put up in the beginning of the show. Oh, you know I will. All right, man, I'll talk to you soon. I'll see you soon, I guess. I will, thanks so much. All right, bye-bye. I'll see you on the 24th. Can't wait. You can't help others until you help yourself, right? Like one of the great mistakes of the young hustlers that I talk to right now is they're so altruistic and either they're completely full of shit and wanna say noble shit up front but really what they mean is they're selfish or they actually just genuinely mean it. But the advice for both groups of those individuals is the same which is you're not helping anybody until you've created a foundation, right? I've been able to help so much. You know, What I'm doing now, why I have an audience is I've been able to help so much but 
I didn't help shit the first 13, 14 years of my career. I put my head down and fucking worked to create a foundation for me to be able to help. You know, to be very frank, for me, it's far more likely that you do go to New York, do your thing for three years, you're 22, eat shit, live in a, get a Craigslist apartment yeah. with 11 fucking people <laughs> in a studio in fucking Harlem, right? Get on, get that photo that made it happen, meet people, because the amount of shit that happened in New York since you and I were on this phone together is 50 times greater than what's gonna happen in Danbury, Connecticut the next fucking month. True. <laughs> I'd say the key to photography, yeah. the key to photography so to true. me is, 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 is access, where you are, because everyone's a photographer now. It's not about who pushes the button better, it's who's in the right place, and that's key. I think there was a guy called Ricky Powell, he's a f- famous sort of hip-hop street photographer, and he wasn't a better, it wasn't about his photography skills on twisting the lens, it was the fact that he was in every show in the front row, in every side alley, capturing every moment, and his skill was being in the right place, his access, not his, um, the buttons he was pushing. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. That's like when they say your, your, network, your network is your net worth. Yep. So if you don't have a network, then you don't have anything, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and wow. I, think, I think you're going a little altruistic. It's very, I think you happen to be a nice person who met nice people in Danbury, Connecticut, and would like to see them be successful. Hey guys, I hope you really enjoyed this episode of the Gary Vee Experience. Now go out and share this, pass it on, let me know what you thought.